Proverbs chapter 4. One of my favorite books of the Bible is the book of Proverbs. I always, I think that the message of the book of Proverbs is all about wisdom, how to get wisdom, what wisdom is, and to go after it. The book of Proverbs, is, it's a means of education, how to educate ourselves in life, how to educate our children about wisdom, and it's a model for instruction. It's a father talking to his son about life and wisdom and how to get it. And this month, our verse of the month is Proverbs 4, chapter 23, or verse 23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. And so this morning, we're going to take the next two weeks and just go over and talk about that verse. It's a very important verse and truth. So this morning, I just want to set the context of the verse. I want us to consider it. I want to call you to pay attention to your heart. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the truth. Lord, thank you for the help that we can get and receive from it, about it becoming a right relationship with you and how to live life. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would just come and remove every distraction from us. Help us to hear from you. Help us to examine and look at our hearts and give us a desire to guard them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We got back Friday night from Minnesota on our vacation and we went a lot of places in the two weeks. It's great. That's the beauty of vacation. You just get to go someplace. I ask you, where, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? When that question's asked to you, if you could just say, any place you wanted to go, where do you want to go? That's a, it's a very freeing question, isn't it? Because it just, there's no, no money involved, just this idea of where would you want to go. It, it's limitless, whatever location you want to be. I think still one of the greatest things that's ever been created is a GPS. And we would have this conversation. Uh, I still get amazed by it every single time we're on a trip, you know. And I'll say, hey, let's go here. And let's punch it in. And we punch it in. It takes us right to it. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. I remember, uh, we, I still remember using a map. Um, and Teresa and I were dating one time. And we were in Green Bay, Wisconsin, trying to find someplace. Um, and she tried to read the map for an hour. And uh, we were outside Green Bay. And she kept telling me we were downtown Green Bay. Um, a lot of fights over maps. But now that there's GPS, you just punch it in and it will take you wherever you want to go. Um, we were coming back Friday and we said, uh, well, it's time to make our final trip. Let's go home. And I told Teresa, I said, punch it in. And Jared heard us and he goes, it knows where we live. And it's just awesome. It's an amazing thing, the GPS. But it's wherever you want to go. Where do you want to go? It's it's. Limitless when you ask the question. And even when we funnel it into our own particular situation, it's still a fun question. Where do you want to go as a business person? Where do you want to go as a teacher this year? Where do you want to go as a coach? Where do you want to be as a parent? Where do you want to go? And that's a lot of what Proverbs is telling us. It's telling us that life is moving in a direction, and we are heading towards something. Whatever you were thinking about, wherever place you would want to go, Hawaii, or wherever it was that you were thinking, or wherever you want to be in your business, very successful this year, or I want to see my students do this, or I want to win all the games as a coach, wherever it is, it's, you want to go there, 
Because there is some treasure that you think you're going to get by getting there. I would just feel so good. It would be so relaxing to be in Hawaii. If we won all our games, I'd feel successful. If my students learned this, it would just feel wonderful. There's something about that destination that is a treasure to you. You long for it. You want that to be true. You say, well, I, I, just, I just want to get by, Paul. That's a place. And that's something that you also treasure. Just getting through the week, if that's what you want, is also a treasure. But here's the question. To where do you want to go? Will it be worth it when you get there? When it's all done, when you finally get to the place where you think you want to be, will it be worth it? Will it be the treasure that you desire? Is it going to be the greatest value for you? We have to be very careful, Proverbs says. Be very careful what you treasure. Because what you treasure is where your heart is. In Proverbs chapter 4, is a father talking to his son about where they want to be, which direction they're going to go. And he's saying, watch your treasure. Be very careful what destination you decide to put all your treasure in, all your hopes in. And he says in verse 23, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. The New Living Translation says, Above all else, in this destination for your treasure, guard your heart, for it affects everything that you do. The message paraphrased by Eugene Peterson says, Keep diligent watch over your heart. That's where life starts. So I want to read Proverbs chapter 4, the whole chapter, as we kind of put our passage for the month in context. Proverbs 4 says, Hear, O son, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts, Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget. And do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn 
which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. We are encouraged to guard our hearts and to find wisdom in Proverbs, to seek after it, to go after it. It's extremely valuable. It's the ultimate treasure, the book of Proverbs says. But as we go, what is true of this passage is it says that there is a direction There is a right direction that we are supposed to go. When he talks about this, he says this at the beginning. Is this this father talking to his son. He's saying, listen, son, as I give you this this information, this treasure, hey, this was passed on from my dad to you. That emphasizes how important it is. We just recently watched again the movie National Treasure, where this family gets passed on this clue after clue after clue, and it's treasured in the gate's home. The secret lies with Charlotte. And the young kids, like, Grandpa followed after that. Great-grandpa followed after that. They all looked for the treasure. And that's what this dad is doing in Proverbs. He's saying, listen, son, my dad told me this about wisdom. And I'm passing it on to you now to get this treasure. There is a right way to go. And there is a wrong way to go. But here's the good news for us. It's available. It's available for everyone here. Verse 5 says, get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget it. It's possible for everyone in this room, for all of us, to get and find this wisdom. It's an available treasure for us. It's available. It's also extremely valuable, it says. It's a prize above everything. NIV says, at all cost, get wisdom. Search after this with all cost. Do whatever you have to do to find this wisdom. It is extremely available. It's absolutely valuable to get wisdom. But it's also a direction that you choose, and that I choose. Verse 14 says, Do not enter the path of the wicked, which means, apparently, there is a way where you set your life in a certain direction that says, I'm going to go this way, or I'm going to go this way. There is a beginning of this path, where you say, I'm going to set my life and my heart in the path of wisdom, or I'm not. I'm going to follow the way of the wicked. And this is a dad pleading with his son. Take the path of wisdom. Choose to seek out wisdom. Follow God's way. There's all kinds of popular destinations today for people to choose. You can go after money. You can go after power. You can go after pleasure. And probably in our culture, it's more pleasure, money, And then power, people will do anything today 
for pleasure. It's all about being happy, 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 and looking for pleasure. But is that direction working? Is the direction that you're heading in your life now, is that direction working for you? Where you say, this direction I'm heading is leading me to ultimate treasure. And there's a vast majority of people who are going after money. There's a vast majority of people who are going after pleasure. And there's a vast majority of people who are going after power. But name how many of them are extremely fulfilled by that. You know, have come to a place where they say, hey, I finally arrived. I've got it. I don't want any more money. I don't want any more pleasure. I don't want any more power. I've got it, and it's everything I wanted it to be. Is that what our culture says? Is that what we hear in the news? People who have all the money in the world are ultimately very happy. People who have all the pleasure in the world, they're, they're just thrilled with everything in their lives, and they're satisfied, or they have all the power. That's not what we see, is it? People with all the money, all the power, all the pleasure, and who are living for that, constantly seem to be just having chaos going all over their place. There is a way to go. There is a right direction and a wrong direction. This dad, and God says to us in Proverbs, for this father to his son and for God to us today, he said there is a right direction to go and there is a wrong direction to go. And to ask yourself, is the direction that you're heading right now, is it working? Is it the way of wisdom? Is it God's way? Whatever direction you choose, or whatever direction you're choosing now, it will cost you. It'll cost you your life. Because we're all spending our lives for that ultimate treasure. If you've put money as the ultimate treasure of your life, and that's the thing that's driving you, it's costing you your life. If you've put pleasure as the ultimate thing, it's going to cost you your life. Whatever you say is the ultimate treasure that you're going to focus on, it will cost you. And even following God's way, even following the way of wisdom, it will cost you. But the question is, is it worth it? Is it worth it to go that direction? Is the way, the way you're going now, is it, is it worth what you're paying? That's what this dad is saying. And then there's, he says there's two directions to go. There's the path of the wicked. And the Bible, the, Proverbs, the book of Proverbs constantly says this is the way of the fool. There's the path of the wicked in verse 14. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. And then there's the path of the righteous in verse 18. It says there's the way of the wise. So there's the path of the wicked and there's the way of the wise. We all like a third way, don't we? We don't like it when someone says there's only two ways. We, many people today, they would say, you know, I, that's nice, Paul, that there's the way of the wicked and then there's the way of the wise. But can't there be a third way? Can't there just be the way of the adequate? You know, just kind of the way that works for me. Kind of just evens out, you know. I'll do some wicked things. I'll do some good things. And at the end of the day, I'll just kind of all weigh perfectly. And just kind of, I'll go the adequate way. No. We want that third way. But there is not that third way. The Bible says there is the way of the wise and the way of the wicked. There isn't another way. The adequate way, the average way, doesn't even exist, even though many people, we would want that. And it's a way, because life is a journey. 
He constantly says in Proverbs, follow this way, follow this direction, go this way. Because this way that you're heading is making up your life. Life is a journey and it's, and it's made up in the dailiness of your life. The mundane choices determine your direction. Those choices on Monday, Thursday afternoon, those Monday, mundane, simple little choices determine the direction of your life and the journey on which you're going, which is why it's so important in Proverbs for this dad to say to his son, above everything else, guard your heart. Because you're on this journey of life and every mundane choice that you make, when you think nobody else is watching or when everybody's watching, That's setting the direction of your life. So above everything else, guard your heart in this. Because life is at stake. But what's our heart? Why is it so important to guard our heart? Why does he make such a big deal about this? He says, above everything else, above everything else, keep your heart. In our culture today, we think the heart is constantly just about emotions. You know, and it's, it's just about our feelings. And that's a part of the heart. But that's not the way the Bible talks about the heart at all. The heart in the Bible is about the mind, really. How you think. That's your heart. Your inner being. It's your, your mind. It's, it is your emotions. It's your will. It's everything that is about who you are. It's the center that controls you. If it was a car... The heart would be the computer. Your engine could work. Your tires could work. Your air conditioning could work. The turn signal could work. Everything could really work if the computer was working. But if the computer is not working right in your car, you're not going anywhere. That is the center of a car in our cars today. And God says, that's our heart. It's your mind. It's your will. It's your emotions. It's the real you. It's everything. So it's that thing that sets its heart on passions and desires. That's what you have to guard. And guard it well. But he does say that there is a promise for the path of the righteous. Verse 18 says, But the path of the righteous is like the dawn of day, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. So if you choose the path of the righteous, if you choose to go after God's wisdom, and you have to live your life God's way, he says that it gets, it gets brighter and brighter. It's like the sun coming up in the morning, and all of a sudden, the, the, the more the sun comes up, the brighter things get, the more clear things are. That's the direction of life. Would you say the direction that you're going right now, things are getting brighter, that you're understanding life better, it's more clear, it's the way you're heading right now? This is a promise from God. That if you follow the way of the righteous, if you follow God's path, it will get brighter for you. Even in the midst of difficulties, even though hard times will come, following God's way, it's like the dawn of the day getting brighter and brighter. Following God's path leads you to wisdom. And all through Proverbs, all through the Old Testament, it's all pointing to say, follow God. And if you follow wisdom, and you follow wisdom all the way to the New Testament, and you get to this person named Jesus, you're going to find out that that's the epitome of wisdom and truth. Jesus is 
the greatest treasure you can possibly find. He is wisdom. He is truth. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and life abundantly. Following wisdom all the way through is going to take a person to Jesus. But there's a problem with that. There's a problem with us. It's the problem of our hearts. Our hearts are not neutral. That's why this dad and God is telling you, guard your heart. Even if you see Jesus as a treasure, your heart's not neutral. It just doesn't want to say, oh, you like Jesus? Fine, I'll leave you alone. Our hearts do not do that. Our hearts, the Bible says, are constantly moving away from God. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Matthew 15, 18-19 says, But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witnesses, and slander. Your heart's not neutral. You can't just say, I'm going to set my heart in this direction, and it's going to stay that way. That's why he says, guard your heart. Put lots of guards around it. Treat your heart like it's the worst criminal ever, in one sense. And also treat your heart like it's the most treasured baby. Guard it. Because there are things in your heart that you don't want to get out. And if those things come out, your life's going to be a wreck. And if you let things come into your heart, it's going to destroy your heart and your life's going to be a wreck. So guard your heart. Because your heart's not neutral on the inside and it's not passive on the outside. It is accepting all kinds of information. Guard your heart. There is an enemy to your heart. Satan wants to destroy You and he's going to go after your heart to do it. He's going to say, what is it that they're treasuring? What is it that they're passionate about? What is it that they think can get them what they want? I'm going to lie to them. I'm going to deceive them. I'm going to say, yeah, go after pleasure. That will get you what you want. Go after money. Go after power. Go after it. Go after it. Just don't go after Jesus. Satan wants to destroy you, and he does it. I think he goes after our hearts in three ways. It's the PDF file of how Satan works for our heart. He goes after our hearts by pride. He let, we, we, we get built up in our hearts. We think we are, we've arrived, and pride starts to build up our hearts, and we start making wrong choices. And he uses doubt to go after us. College students, if you're going to a secular university or a Christian college, you're going to have professors who are going to say things to you about the Bible that you've never heard before. You have never heard it. There's a lot of stuff you have not heard about God or the Bible, and these guys are going to sound intelligent because they are, and they're going to sound very smooth and articulate because they are, and they're going to tell you that that Jesus is not true, the Bible's not true, and they're going to bring up all these arguments. And they're going to say to you, you need to doubt, because to believe something is foolishness. Because our culture today, we celebrate doubt. It's the the, the highlight of intellectual ability to doubt everything. Don't do it. Question and challenge your faith, but question and challenge your faith in the context of truth. God can handle it. Take the big questions to God. But Satan's going to come to you in our pride, and he's going to bring doubt to you, and he's going to bring fear in our lives. Because we sense it. Some of us, some of you parents, some of you older people, some of you my age, Fear is consuming. If you've ever been on a trip with me and spent the night in a room, 
The first time I go to a trip, I have night terrors. And I, I freaked out Brian, Dan Ford, but I had a heart attack with me. Um, Alan Arms. I, I don't know what it is. I'm not sure what's happening in my life, but somewhere deep down, I'm afraid of something. And I will be asleep for the first time, and I go someplace, a hotel room, and uh, the first night, and I'll warn people. I'm telling you, I'll say, hey, before the night's over, you may hear me screaming. Um, And I will scream, jump out of bed. There is fear. I don't know what it is, and I wake up and fall back asleep, and I'm fine. The guy next to me is scared to death uh, the rest of the night. Satan uses pride, he uses doubt, and he uses fear to grip us. And sometimes fear is like an octopus colony. It's just all over the place. You have to fight against fear in your heart. When you think you've beat it one way, something else comes up and you're afraid. We have to constantly be against this. Satan wants to use pride, doubt, and fear to keep your heart from following after God. And positively... Let me just encourage, we have lots of teachers in our church. I want to encourage teachers this year, as you go back to school, to educate the students of our communities in such a way that you give them a sense of God's greatness. Don't let them leave your class thinking it's all about them. Don't let their hearts believe that the world revolves around them. Let them leave your class knowing there's a greater purpose for life. You say, well, I can't mention God. I can't talk about God. You, you don't have to mention his name to express his claim on the world. God created math. God created science. God created language. It is all of his. Teachers have to believe that as Christians. If you believe it, teacher, when you're teaching what you're teaching, without even mentioning God's name, you can teach it, I believe, because you're highly intelligent, in such a way that those kids will sit there and say, wow. There's something about the way she's teaching me or he's teaching me that draws my heart to something greater than myself. Leave them longing for the purpose for which they were made. When they see you talk to other teachers, the way that you teach them, the way they hear you work around the school, let them leave that school and that class this year thinking, wow, there was something different about that teacher. She was doing it for a different purpose, or he was doing it for a greater purpose. There's some greater purpose in my life. It's not just about me. It's possible, because it's all about God. Then pray, pray, pray that God would open their hearts to Jesus Christ. You say, well, I'm not sure the direction of my heart really is centered on Jesus right now. So how do you change your heart? You can't do it by your will. You can't desire just out of your own strength and say, yeah, I see that that's right. I want the direction of my life to be like the dawn of the day. I want things to get brighter. I want things to be more clear. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to just fight. I'm going to try really hard because that's what I want. You'll never do it that way. That's not the way our hearts were created. Our hearts, your life, your heart is only changed by a greater affection. Thomas Chalmers hundreds of years ago, wrote a book called The Power of a New Affection. That's what you need. The only way that you're going to change the direction of your life is for you to see that the direction that your life may be going in now is not the direction of God and wisdom. And if you need to change that, the only way that's going to change, the only way that you're going to realign your life back to God 
is by having this greater affection break into it where your heart says, wow, this is a good treasure that you want, but look at this treasure. This treasure is greater. I'm going to go to that treasure. What treasure is greater? The Bible says the only greater treasure that will change our hearts is Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate treasure. You can't change your heart by willpower. You can only change your heart by letting it treasure something greater than the treasure it's treasuring now. Why is Jesus the greatest treasure? Because he created us. And because we are created by him, he has full authority to reign over us. And we owe him all the worship and all the glory. But we didn't do that. We sinned. We fell again. We went against God's way. We said, we'll do it better our way. God could have wiped us out. He deserves and he could have done it freely, but he decided not to do that. He said, I'm going to give you a better way. You deserve death and hell and punishment forever because I created you and you're not honoring me the way I created you. But instead of that, I'm not going to give you what you deserve. I'm going to come down in the form of my son, Jesus Christ. He's going to live the life that you could not live. He's going to be wisdom. He's going to be truth. And then he's going to die on the cross for your sins so that you don't have to suffer the punishment that you deserve. That's a treasure. That's the reality of the gospel. Jesus is the greatest treasure. We need rescue from our wrong ambitions. We need rescued from our second treasures that are not Jesus Christ. If you're heading in a direction where Jesus is not the ultimate thing for your life, he's not the ultimate thing of your life, you're heading in the wrong direction. You say, well, I love Jesus, but I also love my job, and I like making some money. It's good to have a job, it's good to make money, but if making money and having a job is ultimate, you're on the wrong path. Jesus has to be ultimate. You can make all kinds of money, secondly. You can have all kinds of pleasure in following Jesus. Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. Jesus is the greatest treasure. Why? Because Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Every other religion says, hey, or leader of religion said, follow me. If you want to know how to live through life, learn and follow my steps. Do these things that I did, and you'll be able to succeed in life. Jesus did not say that. Jesus said, don't just do what I did. I am the way. It is me that you need. Don't follow my example. Follow me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you want your heart changed, you have to set your heart on Jesus and see him as the ultimate treasure of everything. That's what we need is rescue. I learned how to sail when we were on vacation. They had these one-man sailboats, and it was never sailed before in my life. So it was supposed to be a 15-minute lesson. An hour and a half later, I had figured out how to sail. So I was sailing, and one day I was out there, and the wind was blowing really hard on the lake that we were at. And I was out there sailing. We were on this side. The wind's blowing that way. And so the sailboat kept going this way. And it was just a strong, galing wind. I mean, just huge tornado force winds, I'm sure. Uh, so I, I couldn't get the sailboat to go back home. Uh, and Teresa was on the shore, and the boys were over there. And I'm sailing away, and I can't keep getting stuck over this direction. I tried to sail back this way. I'd get blown back this way. I'd keep, and I'd get thrown out of the boat. It would tip over. And I'm like completely on the other side of the, the lake, and I can't get back. 
it's been a long time, and I'm getting frustrated. I'm trying to think, how am I going to walk all, park this boat, and walk all the way around this lake and get back? You know, and so I'm starting to wave my arms. I'm tipping the thing over. I'm laying there exhausted, trying to figure out, how am I going to get back? Somebody see me. All of a sudden, I see this little canoe, this beautiful woman, and three little boys rowing my way. Teresa said, you know, she said, I, I looked over there and I, I thought, I need to get over there. I think he needs help. <laughs> I loved learning how to sail. I loved it. I had a great time learning how to sail. I could really get into sailing. But when I was stuck and couldn't get back, I needed a new power to get me back. And when I saw that canoe, I had a new transfer of affection. My affection went to rowboats and canoes. <laughs> I loved them. So we got the canoe over there, they tied me up, and they rowed me all the way back home. That's what you need in your heart. The direction you may be going, the thing that you love, it may be a good thing. It may be an okay thing. But if it is the ultimate thing, you're on the wrong direction. What we need to guard our hearts with is an ultimate affection for Jesus Christ. He gave his life for us. He rescued us when we did not deserve to be rescued. His body was broken for us. His blood was spilt for you so that you could follow him. Which direction are you going? Is Jesus the ultimate affection of your life? He gave his life for you so that it could be.
Blessed Redeemer 